Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Anthony Taylor here with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. And today I'm joined by Bob Prenovo, who is the managing principal at Propeller Advisors. Bob, how are you today? Anthony, I'm just super today. Glad to be with you. Yeah, fantastic. I'm excited to chat with you today. We're going to do a little bit of a different podcast, and I'm super excited because we've known each other for a few years now in a variety of roles and capacities, and I'm really excited to share with our listeners what you've taken on in your career and what you're doing right now. So can you tell our listeners a bit about Propeller Advisors and what you guys do? Yes, absolutely. So, um, Anthony, Propeller Advisors is uh, a team of uh, professionals and we work with impact businesses so basically organizations that are striving to create not only a financial return on investment but also a social return on investment so we work with uh, organizations that for example are uh, creating employment for people that traditionally would have had barriers to employment we work with organizations that are are striving to um, uh, clean up the environment in some way, either by you know recycling, reducing waste. Uh, we work with organizations that are involved in the mental health field uh, that are looking to reduce stigma for people who are re-entering uh, the workforce that uh, you know perhaps have been out because of mental illness. So just a wide variety of organizations that combine uh, a business focus with uh, a social impact focus. Got it. Okay, so. Um... Can you explain a little bit more about like how a social um, enterprise works and, and who can start a social enterprise? Yeah, the great thing about social enterprises is really anyone can start one. So our, our clients are, are little, literally in, anywhere from a, an individual who comes to us with a, a great idea that says, hey, you know, I, I want to make some money with this, but, you know, I also want to help a disadvantaged group. Or, uh, you know, I want to give money back in some way to an organization that is helping disadvantaged groups. So anyone can start one. It can be an individual entrepreneur. It can be a nonprofit organization that's, that, that's perhaps starting a social enterprise to help them, um, you know, on the financial sustainability side. It could be someone who's looking to buy an existing private sector business and turn it into a social enterprise. It really can can happen in a, in a variety of different ways. The commonality of all of them is that they're striving to, to make some money. You know, they, they don't want to lose money. They don't want to rely on funding or grants. But really what they want to do is, is at the same time that they're, they're generating financial income, they also want to have a measurable social impact on the world. Cool. So, I mean, basically people who, anybody who wants to do good could use a social enterprise as an avenue to do that in a way. Yeah. And, you know, we're, you know, the great part about where we are in the social enterprise sector now is you know, we're, we're surrounded now by social enterprises and uh, we, you know, we've got some great example out there, you know, Tom's Tom's shoes is the one that, you know, that comes to mind uh, where, you know, you buy a pair of Tom's shoes for every pair of shoes you buy from Tom's, you know, they make sure that a pair of shoes goes to somebody in a, in a, in a place or a country where, you know, where kids, for example, can't afford to have shoes. Um, you know, people have argued that Tesla, you know, the maker of electric cars is a social enterprise because one of the things that Elon Musk is, has shown us and really is that, yeah, you know, you can, you can run a company that has a high, you know, has a high stock price and, and value and, uh, you know, making those electric cars is really helping us reduce our carbon footprint. So, 
you know, what he's saying is I can make money, I can be financially successful, and I'm also doing something that's helping, uh, helping the environment. Got it. So both, so a social enterprise, when we hear like, like some might hear like charity or nonprofit out of it. But what I hear you say is that even uh, a for-profit enterprise who's actively for-profit can use social enterprise principles to, you know, create a uniqueness in the market, like create market share for themselves while also having a positive impact like on the world. Absolutely. And in some ways, I actually think that, you know, in the, in the for-profit world, you know, we, have, we have much, much, much more potential, in, you know, in the for-profit world to create, you know, create social impact through our work. It's, it's really a question of, of looking at our, at our current businesses and industry sectors and saying, hey, you know, how can, we, how can we tweak our existing business models to make them more socially impactful? Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, how can we do more as leaders so that it impacts the world? So, um, yeah. so like one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast today, like obviously our listeners here are from a variety of sectors, the government, for-profit and not-for-profit. And we've sort of touched on the benefit of um, for-profit organizations, how they can incorporate like a, a social impact aspect into their business. Um but I, uh, what I really want to talk to you about is for the, the nonprofit folks here is like, what can a social enterprise really do for them? So, uh, I mean, one of the things that you had said is like, you don't want to rely on funding or, you know, you want to actually like, you don't want to lose money with the activity that you're doing. So uh, I sort of have two questions. One, um, what are the biggest challenges that are facing nonprofits in that realm right now? And the second question is, how can a nonprofit uh, create like a social enterprise that will benefit them? Yeah, great, great questions, Anthony. Number one, I think one of the biggest challenges that nonprofit organizations face right now is donor fatigue. So, you know, traditionally nonprofit, many nonprofit organizations have, you know, gone out maybe, you know, annually or semi-annually and done a major drive to, to get people to, to donate uh, to them, whether it's private individuals or corporations or, you know, or foundations. And, you know, t you know, what's been happening, particularly in the last 10 years is, you know, is that those traditional sources, those traditional sources of donations are drying up. And what nonprofit organizations are finding is there's, you know, they're spending more and more money, you know, trying to fundraise and get donations for, you know, for just a lower, lower uh, annual return on that activity. So that's a, that's one key challenge uh, for nonprofits. The other one is a lot of nonprofit organizations, you know, particularly in the Canadian market have relied on government funding, whether that's, you know, provincial government funding or federal government funding, or even maybe the municipal level to, to help them pay for some of their programs. And again, you know, governments in, in this country are being squeezed financially and, you know, they're, they're just not making that level of, of uh, government-funded programming available uh, to nonprofits you know, to the extent that they once were. You know, what all of this means for nonprofit organizations is if your traditional donor streams are starting to dry up and the government funding is not available, you know, you're faced with some difficult choices. You know, what do we do? Do we cut programming? Do we, uh, you know, do we, or do we try to find other ways of, of replacing you know, those donations and government grants? This is where social enterprise comes in. 
instance, you know, for, for many nonprofit organizations, and, and these are some of the people who are our clients at Propeller, they've looked at it and said, look, you know, maybe one of our alternative actions is, is to open a social enterprise that <clears throat> generates revenue uh, for us that we can then take and use to, you know, to fund our programs that would have traditionally been funded through uh, donations and grants. Um, and at the same time, you know, if we can take that same social enterprise and, and also do something like, you know, create employment for people with barriers or, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, provide, uh, you know, meals at reasonable prices or groceries at reasonable prices to people that otherwise couldn't afford them, you know, that's, a, that's an added social benefit of what we do. So this is, this is how social enterprise and nonprofit organizations have really developed this kind of this symbiotic relationship. Cool. And I mean, is there a special process to, this might be a plug for you, by the way, I have no problem doing that. Is, it, <laughs> is there a, a special process that an organization can, can go about, you know, looking at how to create a social enterprise? Because ultimately you're basically hedging your bets because yes, you could rely on donors and the, and the energy and the time that it takes to get the money. And, and from what you're saying, you know, you're getting less and less return over time for the same amount of work, the government giving you money, you know, yes, while you're providing a, an essential service and we at SMA Strategy work with nonprofits all the time. So we know that to be true as well, that they reach out to them to ask for money, but that's becoming less and less certain. So, you know, how can nonprofits actually take the next steps, whether that's conceptually as in, in the design stage or within the execution stage to, to help them get more money so that they can fulfill their ultimate mission. And that's what it's all about. Like the organization exists for a purpose. How can we, like you and I and everybody else, support them in, in, in moving that mission forward? Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's a well, there's kind of a well-developed social enterprise development path. And it really starts with, you know, what's the concept? What's the idea we want to pursue? Um, you know, taking that through uh, validation or what we would call a feasibility study, looking at the opportunities, looking at the risks, you know, us helping them develop some, you know, some pro forma financial projections to see, you know, does that really meet both our financial return that we want to make and does it really, does it really generate the type of social impact? And, you know, if that looks good at that decision stage, you know, that's where we really move forward and, and help these organizations and individuals develop a business plan, go find the, you know, go find the initial investment funding that's needed to start it up and then, and then help them get rolling. And really from there, it's a, a process of us, you know, once they are up and rolling, you know, helping them, you know, measure their out, outcomes and impacts, looking at areas where they can improve their operations and hopefully, you know, either scale up uh, or scale out. Uh, with their successful social enterprise. So, you know, you know, certainly from our point of view, that's, that's really the mission of our organization. That's what we're here to do is, is to help people really from the, the idea stage, you know, right through to execution and, and scaling. Got it. Okay. So like as the organization itself, not yours, but the nonprofit or for-profit enterprise for that matter, they have their mission and purpose and their reason for existing. And what the opportunity of a social enterprise does is sort of create an offshoot business um, on its own that you'd have to, you know, create its own feasibility, create the vision, make a business plan such that it can not only generate revenue, but also um, like fulfill on a, on a social purpose that is, in theory, aligned with the, the overall strategy of the, of the main organization. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's correct. But you know, it's it's interesting because um, you know that that's certainly that's certainly the mainstream of social enterprise. But but we've also seen an interesting thing where you know a, a nonprofit organization will will look at and acquire a business that's very different than you know their their existing what they do in their existing nonprofit. You know, for example, we have a client, um, the Canadian Mental Health Association. And uh, they actually own and operate uh, a franchised coffee shop. It's a very well-known uh, brand, commercial brand uh, franchise. And uh, you know, when people go and visit that coffee shop, you know, really they have no, you know, they really have no way of knowing that that that's owned and operated by the Canadian Mental Health Association. But yet, you know, all of the profits uh, from that coffee shop go go back into the Canadian Mental Health Association, and they use that to uh, to fund uh, many of their programs. So, uh, you know, sometimes there's a very direct connection between the social enterprise and the nonprofit's mission, and sometimes it's, it's, it's not as direct. Both work. Cool. So, like, any not-for-profit organization can just take on their own sort of startup business, regardless if it's aligned or not, because, you know, you get the in-business to make money and ultimately, you know, help people. So they don't have to be aligned. That's pretty cool, actually. I never considered that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and another variation that we've seen of this that uh, that's that's probably come around more recently is really uh, nonprofit organizations looking at existing for-profit businesses that, you know, for whatever reason, the owners have maybe reached a stage where, you know, they're thinking about selling or retiring and wondering what to do about, about their businesses. So these are great opportunities for a nonprofit organization to actually acquire an existing for-profit business and say, look, you know, let, let us become the owners of the business. You know, we'll run it, we'll, and then we'll use the profits from that existing business to help us with our social programs. And you know, it, it's an interesting time for organizations to consider that because you know, we, have the, we have the baby boomers retiring, we have them you know, selling their businesses, you know, the, the next generation of these families don't always want to take the business over. You know, so we've seen several examples where, you know, where there's been opportunities for nonprofit organizations to, you know, acquire significant size businesses and, and really, you know, really convert them, if you like, to a social enterprise without having to go through the whole risk of startup. That's awesome. And then, yeah, that falls under that mandate of not losing money. Um, so. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, one of the benefits of acquiring existing businesses, you know, you don't start from zero, right? You you already have existing customers, you already have existing cash flow, um, you know, you often are acquiring the the opportunity to to really expand the business, but uh, but usually, you know, you're you're starting with a good base already. That's awesome. Cool. And then uh, they can come talk to you about that as well if they're looking to buy a business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've worked with a number of organizations on on those types of situations. Fantastic. So I'm going to uh, sort of take a different path right now because, as I alluded to, you know, we've known each other for a long time, and I really want to touch on uh, a bit of your experience in the leadership realm, both in the nonprofit and in the for-profit side, and, and ask you about your perspective on creating and implementing strategies with your team. So in, in this conversation so far, we've discussed like social enterprises primarily as a strategy or a tactic to fulfill on the vision or mission. 
so, but in your experience, both as like a, a founder of a nonprofit and as executive director and in the private sector, you know, what are two or three of your best practices for creating and leading strategies with teams uh, that would be applicable to our listeners today? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the first one always is, is engagement. Uh, I think, you know, good strategy really revolves around engaging the people that are going to be part of executing that strategy very early on in the process and, and really making sure that they have an opportunity to, to impact, you know, what that strategy is going to be and what the implementation path will look like. And, you know, a, a great example of this is, uh, you know, I started my career in, in the hospitality industry. And uh, one of the things that we learned very on is when when we were ex we were expanding our our food service concepts uh, across North America, was really you know it, it's fine for us to have a strategy that says we're going to build so many units over so many years in so many markets, but really getting the people on board in those markets that we were going to be depending on to help us expand was critical. So I, I think. You know that that engagement with with key stakeholders early on is key around strategy. Uh, I think the other thing, and and you know, there's there's many different uh, takes on this, is uh, you know this this whole concept of, of doing things incrementally uh, and doing them well, but not perfectly. Uh, one of the things I would say about you know implementing strategy is is, is focus on you know doing things in steps. Don't worry about every step being perfect, um, you know, before you get it done. I think the important thing is, is to get out there, you know, implement what you're doing, get it done, look at your results. You know, if you need to go back and tweak it, that's fine. But, uh, but you know, definitely don't wait until, you, you know, until you've got every little detail uh, nailed down. And, I, you know, I think the third point really is about, uh, which kind of relates to that, is, is around measuring your results. Um, you know, with, with a strategy, with a strategic approach, you know, one thing I've always really emphasized is let's make sure we understand what will define success for us and how are we going to measure it. And, you know, let's be very honest in our measurement. You know, if we say, for example, that, um, you know, when I, when I founded PMVolunteers.org, you know, we said, okay, in our first year, we want to work with at least 25 organizations on you know, high-risk projects in the nonprofit sector. Okay, let's be very sure at the end of the year when we sit down to measure those results, what we wanted to do is, did we work with those 25 organizations? Did we help them move 25, you know, high-risk projects forward? So you, you definitely want to have some measurable benchmarks, you know, to measure your, your strategy uh, against. Excellent. So what I heard from that was, as you lead the strategic plan, make sure it gets out there with your people, because ultimately they're the ones who are going to be executing on it. So make sure that you get them to engage and participate um, so that there's a dialogue and a, and a sense of teamwork in it, um, that you want to do things in steps. So for us at SME Strategy, when we roll out a strategy, we recommend having three strategic priorities and then m moving on them. And I see that for you at Propeller, you know, you do like 90-day plans, so just start moving in a direction as long as it's in line with the strategy and don't worry about it being perfect, just make progress. Um, and then the third one is having a, a key KPI or important measurements, a key measurement for if you are going to know if you're successful. So our listeners know, they say, if success was a place, how would we know if we actually got there? 
so having a key measurement that will dictate um, activities as you move forward. Would you, would you say that that's a, a, a close summary of uh, what you recommend? I think you've nailed it, Anthony. Well done. Perfect. Well, we have a few conversations, you and I, so it's not the first time uh, <laughs> we, we've talked about strategy development. So um, excellent. And one other thing that I actually wanted to mention, if we like switch tracks back to the social enterprise space, um, when we chatted earlier, you had mentioned another uh, nonprofit um, doing really cool stuff in the social enterprise space, uh, Mealshare. Can you tell us a little bit about what they're doing and, and how that falls into the social enterprise model? Yeah, you know, Mealshare is a, a brilliant model. So in Mealshare, basically what they've done is they've created a model whereby, you know, uh, anyone, uh, average person, you know, you, me, uh, our family, we can go into, into certain restaurants. And if, if we buy uh, a certain uh, Mealshare designated meal on the restaurant's menu, uh, for every meal we buy, uh, meal sh- what meal share and the restaurant commits to do is to provide a meal uh, for someone else uh, who perhaps can't afford uh, to go to a restaurant to have it. And, and they provide those meals through uh, a number of different programs, you know, including local food banks and, and uh, community food centers and, you know, places where, where people can, can easily access those, those free meals, um, you know, in their community. So I, I just think that's a, a brilliant way of of kind of paying it forward. You know, they've taken that kind of pay it forward philosophy and, and really captured it into a social enterprise model. Uh, they've been tremendously successful, started here in Vancouver, and, you know, and now we see the, the, you know, the meal share concept really expanding across North America. So, you know, I really, uh, you know, full, uh, full credit and, and kudos to the meal share team for, you know, for really showing what can be done. Here, here. And uh, one other thing that I like about what they're doing is that, you know, there's a lot of people out there just in life that want to do good and they don't necessarily know how because just they haven't been presented with an opportunity or they're not empowered to do it. And Mealshare both gives an opportunity for the consumer to vote with their dollars in something that has social impact, as in picking a menu that has a Mealshare stamp on it. And it also allows uh, restaurants to participate in that social giving model. So they don't necessarily need to like go to the you know, work of creating their own social enterprise, but by Mealshare approaching them um, allows them to, to do their part. And so it's really a win-win-win, which um, in my humble opinion is what you know, the world needs and what will be the, the next level uh, of uh, like enterprises that do good in the world. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very cool to see. Great model. Love it. Absolutely. So, uh, Bob, how can people get a hold of you and uh, how can they work with uh, Propeller if they want to uh, get more information about how to launch a uh, social enterprise? Super easy to get a hold of us. Uh, my email address is bob at propelleradvisors.ca. Uh, my phone number is 778-686-4334. Happy to have a chat, coffee uh, with anyone at any time. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bob. And again, like I've known Bob for a few years now, and it's been really excellent seeing all the work that he's done. Um, and the reason I wanted to have him on the podcast is because um, just helping great businesses do great things and help people in the process, like that's what we're about. And if like if he wins, if we win, everybody wins. So um, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing with us today. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, Anthony. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Once again, it's been Anthony Taylor here with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, I've been joined by Bob Prenovo, who is the Managing Principal at Propeller 
advisors. Thank you so much for listening today. If you did like today's episode, share it with your friends, share it with a colleague, and be sure to rate us on your favorite podcast service, whether that's Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And be sure to check out our new book, Alignment, How to Get Your People, Strategy, and Culture on the Same Page. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you next time.